Are you speaking to young professionals? Are you speaking to a bunch of CFOs? If you don't know who that is, you're going to be less likely to connect with your audience, which is the key to engaging them and giving them something of value. Welcome to Improv is No Joke podcast, where it is all about becoming a more effective communicator by embracing the principles of improvisation. Your host is Peter Margaritas, the man whose name is pronounced like a cocktail, but spelled like an inflammation. Peter is the self-proclaimed chief edutainment officer of his business, The Accidental Accountant. Peter's goal is to provide you with thought-provoking interviews with business leaders so you can become an effective improviser, which will lead to building stronger relationships with clients, customers, colleagues, and even your family. So let's start the show. Welcome to episode 95. My guest today is Kristen Rampey, CPA of Kristen Rampey Consulting and All Things Improv. Our conversation focuses on two things. Her breakout session at the 2018 CPE Educators Conference on getting the best from your presenters and SMEs and a new training tool for those who want to build confidence when speaking in front of a crowd, PowerPoint Improv. That's right, PowerPoint Improv. So for any of you who want to get better at speaking, this is one of many episodes aimed at you. So without further ado, let's get to the interview with Kristen. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. Today, my guest is a repeat guest. She was on the September 19th, 2016, episode 16 of my podcast. Welcome back, Kristen Rampey. Thank you, Peter. It's great to be back on your podcast, and I'm excited that I've uh, made it back for round two. Yes, and I'm excited to have you back because it's always a good time. We always have a lot of laughs, and we have a lot in common. Absolutely. No, I'm excited. And we're going to talk improv today. What better topic for us to get into? Exactly. So before we get into our favorite topic, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about you? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, So I am a CPA by background and I still have my license. I was in public accounting for 10 years and I did audits. I did some Sarbanes-Oxley compliance. Uh, I even worked in industry briefly as a general ledger accountant. That was fun. (laughs) Uh, You know, making journal entries, messing them up here and there. And uh, most of that was out on the West Coast. I lived in San Francisco at the time. Um, And then about, gosh, we're coming on seven years, six and a half years ago, I left public accounting. And since then, I've been doing leadership development workshops, speaking, working with partners of CPA firms and things like that. Um, And I'm now based uh, out of my home state of Michigan. So that's kind of what I'm up to these days. And you recently spoke. uh, We were together in New Orleans at the uh, National CPA Educators Conference. And you did two sessions, and I sat through the first one, and I, I don't remember the title of it. You can share that, but I will share my evaluation. You knocked it out of the park. <laughs> yes, that session was off the hook. Um, it was titled uh, something like Getting the Best Out of Your Presenters and Subject Matter Experts. Uh, and, you know, to be honest, I was 
I was thrilled with how that went because going into it, I had, you know, I had put together some, some talking points and, and I had really planned it as being very conversational, which, which is always a good thing. Uh, But you never know if the audience is going to join you. Right. I mean, part of that's my job to get the audience to join me in that discussion, but, but depending on who's in the room, they may or may not, uh, step up with me. But man, so Peter, you, you were part of it. Um, and the others in the audience, really, we had a great time. And we just talked about how, um, a lot about presentation skills and how to help people that come with different skill sets, but need to be giving any sort of presentation be better so that the audience gets more out of it and the, the whole event is more successful. So it was great. And thanks for the evaluation. Oh, you're more than welcome because yeah, it, it was how to help those content experts, those subject matter experts yes. to become more conversational and more engaging and interacting in a session versus driven by, let's put everything up on the PowerPoint with a ton of bullets that there's more bullets <laughs> on the PowerPoint than there was in the walls during the St. Yes. Valentine's Day Massacre. <laughs> yes, that's and, the spirit. And it was standing room only. Uh, but I think, I think what blew everybody away more than anything is you went old school, had maybe a couple of slides, mm-hmm. and you had those things called flip chart. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. And I think that that got everybody working, everybody talking. And that session went by so quick. I mean, when it was time to wrap up, really, I just felt like we just got started. Yeah, no, that was true. And that's, um, I love when I've got the, the right size group um, to do work on flip charts and have people sharing with each other. Because often, you know, a lot of the knowledge is in the room already. It, you know, it's, um, I certainly bring some interesting perspectives and some, you know, things that I've read and researched, but there's a lot of information with people that are there. And when they get a chance to add their perspective and share their best practices, you know, the energy rises. And, and I think you mentioned this, I tell you, it felt great having, I think we had the room was set with tables and chairs for about 25. And I, I counted and I think we were close to 40 in there. And that certainly made it um, all the more, more exciting too. Yeah, yeah, that was that, that was a that was a good session. That was that was a ton of fun, and it was really good to hear a lot of people's perspective in the room. And, and the audience wasn't CPAs; the right. audience were uh, state CPA societies, uh, uh, learning and development folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they brought a lot of uh, best practices out and shared a lot of information. And I think they're all struggling uh, the same way. Uh, on how to get that engagement going with the instructor and get a more you know, conversation with the audience and, and have that time spent looking and conversing versus what I like to call the conference prayer. Yes. When your head's bowed and you're looking at your smartphone. That's exactly it. And one of the things we covered that uh, I felt really connected well with the group was that not not all of those subject matter experts are created equal. And <laughs> to take the time to think about what what do the different personas, as we used in that room, um, what do they need, right? You know, Do you have someone who's a, a professor from a local university? Do you have someone who's uh, an accounting professional? Do you have a, a CFO? Do you have a paid speaker? And uh, each of them brings uh, some great things to the table. And they also have some things that they need and helping be more prepared for what they need. And a lot of them is, it's totally what you just said. It's too many bullets on the slide. It's boring. They love to stand behind that lectern and people leave it on the stage. So um, yeah, it was great. I loved it. 
There, there was not, reflecting back. There was one question that I wanted to ask, but didn't. There wasn't enough time because one of the pieces of the feedback was: "There's a matter of the persona that we need to know your audience." Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask the question: well, What does that really mean? Because I have something in my head that I think that it means. But what does it mean that we need to know our audience? Yeah. So you know what that means to me is is having an understanding of who's in the room. What's their background and why are they there and what do they want to learn? And sometimes the why they're there is CPE, right? They're there because they have to check this box and they may or may not really care about the topic, as sad as that may be. It's true. But so that's one type of audience member. And, and it could be that you have a mix, but you also want to know, you know, so let's say whether they're there voluntarily or voluntold by their board of accountancy. <laughs> um, Hopefully, there's something useful that you can give them. But if you don't know who they are and what they, you know, are you speaking to young professionals? Are you speaking to a bunch of CFOs? If you don't know who that is, you're going to be less likely to connect with your audience, which is the key to engaging them and giving them something of value. I agree with all of that, but I'm going to put one additional twist on it. Great. And it's not about it's not about me. It's about the audience. And when I say that, I, I've heard this from others. Well, I don't have time to do that. Mm-hmm. You just made it about yourself, not about the audience. You, yeah. you, you've, you've sat in the, in the seat and been part of bad presentations, but you're not, you know better. You, you know that you should do things differently. But when you say, I don't have the time, you're thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about that audience because when you think about that audience and you put yourself in their shoes, you want to do a good job. Absolutely. So you need to do things just a little bit differently. And I do talk about that in my upcoming book about it's really about the audience and, and for the presenter and having that in that mindset, whether you're delivering a CPE or having a one-on-one conversation with an associate. Yeah. And the more you're focused on them, the more they're going to give back to you and it's going to make you better. And, and that's just going to make the whole program, like you said, whether it's a, a one-on-one meeting or some type of a, a speaking event. Uh, much better for everyone involved, you know. And sometimes when I work with with groups, I, I work with a lot of CPA firms on presentation skills in various mm-hmm. formats. And one of the things I do because they're financial professional, right? Professionals, right? To highlight the attention that they should pay to the people in the room is we'll do a, a quick calculation. Uh, most of them are familiar with the concept of bill rates. And if you even just come up with a, a blended average rate and multiply it by the number of heads in the room by the number of the amount of time that you're spending with them, you come up with a big dollar amount pretty quickly. Uh, and to think about the value that you can add compared to the value those people could add in another way to serving a client. It's a great number because usually it's huge. Right? And right, you're thinking, right. holy cow, you know, $50,000 for this hour. Wow. Like, yes, that's important. And I should do something valuable and impactful with it. Exactly. That's and you get into some heavy accounting there, in my perspective, and and just doing the math and stuff. I'm gonna to have to re-listen and write write the formula down. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'd be happy to give you an Excel spreadsheet about it after the call. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so very much. You so, are welcome. So let, let's let's talk about our favorite topic of improv. Uh, how, one, how did you get involved with improv? How, how did you stumble upon it? Yeah, you know, funny you asked me that because just this morning in my office, I was walking from the kitchen and someone that I work with that I just met recently 
walked up to me because I told her about some of the things I was doing. She said, how did you get involved in improv? So I'm, I'm, I'm really rehearsed at this. <laughs> um, so it goes way back when I was living in San Francisco, uh, a guy that I used to work with quit public accounting and was going into acting. And he took some, some comedy and some improv classes. And, and it piqued my interest. I thought, well, that might be interesting. I wonder about trying that out. So at some point, I, I took some action on it. And I actually took a class with my brother out in San Francisco. And we had a great time. And I loved it. And I'm not a big... I don't have a big theater background. I didn't do that stuff in high school or college or anything like that. So I enjoyed it there. Uh, then I moved back to Michigan and I've taken a couple of classes here. I'm about to sign up for another one. And so that's it. I just um, tried it one day, really loved it and have been playing and incorporating it into my work ever since. Well, no, we, we have, that's another reason why I have a similar background um, because I, I got into it. I was actually doing stand-up at the time and, and somebody <clears throat> suggested I, I try it. They, they thought that I would really enjoy it. And I tell you what, I fell in love with that class. Mm-hmm. It was it was really life changing, and yeah, I still try to take classes. And, and actually, uh, I've I've gone to most times. I've had to go to Chicago, which I'm not complaining about. I love going to Second <laughs> City, and, and, yeah. and some of, some of the people that I've I've met, and, and some of the people that folks have taught. Uh, one name comes Brian Posen is just absolutely wonderful. Uh, but I found an improv troupe here in Columbus um, called The Nest. And I'm going to look into taking classes there on, on a more regular basis because I, I just love it. Uh, and it also helps keep the uh, chops in line when it comes to improv. Absolutely. And you know what that reminds me is um, the next time that we're at a conference together, you and I should do some improv. I, I did that recently with uh, another improv accountant. Can you believe there's more than two of us out there? What? Um, I know. Uh, we were together for an event and improv was was on my mind. So he and I grabbed a conference room and did... And it's sort of hard. It, it's a little bit different, I guess, to do two-man improv. But but we put it together. We had a great time for about an hour just uh, making up some, some two-man games and scenes. And uh, it was great. So we should put that on our to-do list. So did, did you have an audience? No, it was just the two of us. Because oh, cool. uh, it, it, we were in a huge banquet room. With, I mean, this place must have had 20 or 25-foot ceilings. It was unbelievable and really deep. And we had been there we were presenting at the event. So we had been in these rooms earlier that day and they were just empty because no one was using them at eight o'clock at night. Um, and at one point the cleaning crew comes in and they're like clearing the tables and we're standing up there sort of doing our improv stuff. Uh, it was it was pretty funny. Oh, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to do that. You've discovered a, a new type of improv that I I'm, I want to do. I'm fascinated by this concept. Yeah. Uh, it, it, to me... It, it, to me, this is would be my version of skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> almost without a parachute. So, <laughs> tell us about this this new form of improv that you've discovered. Yeah, so uh, it's called PowerPoint improv, and. It is, it's for, yes, it's great. It's amazing. It's like skydiving, uh, except without, well, for me, without that much fear. I've gone skydiving once and it, it oh. was uh, way worse than PowerPoint improv. <laughs> so PowerPoint improv involves uh, a group of people that want to bring this to um, either to an event or to a learning occasion, like a half-day workshop type thing to their organization. And what we do is we get people who are, are interested in this and want to work on their sort of speaking and presenting skills to some degree. 
And the kind of the premise is they're going to end up not, not immediately because we do a little background, we do a little prep, we do a little education, but they're going to end up on stage with a slide deck that they've never seen before. So that in itself is just awesome, right? <laughs> so it's a PowerPoint deck. They've never seen it. And then we get, this is true, very true for improv. We get a topic from the audience. So I have some, some good questions that I asked to get us some interesting topics. And we give this fine person the slide deck and the topic and a microphone if they need it, if the room is big enough, and uh, a slide advancer and let them go. And I tell you, I mean, if that's just not enough for, to make your heart stop like someone like me, it's really great. And, and uh, the outcome is, is unreal. People really build um, confidence that, uh, that a lot of them go into this, you know, as you typically do, a little bit nervous. Um, but you realize just how much you can do, how much you do actually know how many stories you can really tell when you're forced into that situation. You, so the, the slides that you have, they're, they're, they're obviously the pictures. I, I was, yes. I, I was, what is uh, yeah, images. I would Image. say images. There's some some photographs and some because uh, again, working mostly in the accounting space, love to put in some charts. You know, <laughs> <laughs> things to things things that they're so slightly familiar with, but not a lot of words. Okay, so not a lot of words. More images, yeah. pictures, graphs, yeah. charts, and so like. What what type of question? What type of when you said so? Give me when you ask the audience for their for their input. Mm-hmm. What, what what kind of questions are you asking? Name a profession or or what what does that sound like? Yeah, well, it's um, for the first round of PowerPoint improv or or sort of a short form version where we're just we're just doing the the fun part of it. Let's see. I asked uh, once. I asked for a hairstyle, and we got man bun. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this guy had to present on man bun. <laughs> that was excellent. Uh, I asked for an unpopular Olympic sport, and we got uh, rhythmic gymnastics. Uh, and man, the guy who did rhythmic gymnastics at the the um, PowerPoint Improv I did it was just two weeks ago, he nailed it. And he was also... Um, we brought him in for the audience. So he was not on deck to be a speaker. And at the mm-hmm. end of the ones that we had planned to go through with the, the people who had volunteered, who had warmed up with us and kind of gone through some of the learning on improv at the end, I, you know, I like to put it out there and say, Hey, if, if this looks easy to you and you want to get up here and show your skills and try it out, we, we have one, you know, we have space for someone to come up and do that. Uh, so the audience helped us identify someone to come up and, and he got rhythmic, rhythmic gymnastics and he was, um, his physique was nowhere near rhythmic gymnastics, and uh, man, he nailed it. It was great. Wow, yeah. um, that, that's so. How many approximately? How many slides are they going through? Three, four? Yeah, I think um, depends on how long you want to do it for. But uh, the last event I did, we had uh, a deck of six slides and had them up there for five minutes. Wow, approximately. That, yeah. Approximately five. So. You, you said there's a little education, so you've selected individuals up front, mm-hmm. uh, and then you just you you had like a, a screening call or, or something along the lines to kind of give them an idea, but you're not giving them what the slides are. Or anything. That, that that stays that stays the mystery. Yes. But but what's that conversation like? Yeah. Well, we talk about um, yeah. There's all sorts of uh, advanced prep, as I've learned with any, any good event, any good meeting, and any good learning, um, the preparation is, is where it's at. So, um, so I have some information that I share with them about improv and what it is. And just as importantly about what improv isn't, because uh, one thing that's challenging for 
the professionals that I work with is they want to prepare, right? Like they, that's their home. That's their safe environment is right. when they're told they're going to present, they need to prepare. And because they don't want to get up there and look like a fool, um, which is, which is appropriate in the professional environment. So one thing that, that I help them do is kind of come down off the edge. <laughs> and be like, It's okay. Like, you're not going to prepare. And the point is not to prepare. And some of them want to know what, you know, is there a theme? Is there, you know, can you tell me the topic in advance? And so it's, it's a great learning opportunity, what we do in advance of the actual sort of presentation piece to talk about why there's no topic. And, and really the purpose of that, which is for them to learn through doing PowerPoint improv that, that they have the ability to stand up and speak on a topic, even if it's something that they're not an expert at. Um, and so that's one of the great outcomes that we see is big confidence building. Um, and the fact that they can get off stage and say, I just did that. It's like skydiving. Like you said, right. I, I just did that. I just went on stage and talked about man buns for five minutes. I don't even have a man bun. I mean, how many, I would love, actually, I want to hear from the CPAs that have man buns. Please connect with me because I know that there's some out there, but it's a really small percentage. <clears throat> yeah. So, so that was, um, yeah, that's how it went. It was great. Wow. That, that's cool. So did anybody, when they get, when it came their turn, did anybody just completely panic and, and just, I can't do this or, or just really kind of struggled at it or, or did this, pre-work or pre-conference, pre-discussion with them, really just kind of put them at ease and, and kind of reduce that level of anxiety? Yes, the, the latter. Um, nobody, nobody couldn't get up there. Nobody was so nervous that they you know, fail, failed to appear or wouldn't play. Um, certainly some presentations were better than others that you would expect in any situation. But um, yeah, the, the work that we do about improv and warming up and practicing and learning about it before helps them feel more confident. And then when we get up there, uh, because they've had that chance to practice and kind of weave it in, they're able to feel, feel confident enough to get up and do it. Whereas, you know, sometimes, and, and what I found is that the, the people who are kind of volunteering in advance to be a part of this go through you know, different waves of feelings. First, it's like, okay, I'll do it. It kind of sounds exciting, but I'm a little nervous. And then they might get more nervous and then they might feel a little bit better and then they're more nervous again. And, and, and as you and I both know, that's pretty typical from any speaking environment where you've got, got your confidence up when you feel prepared and then you freak out about something that might happen on stage and, and feel more nervous again. But um, yeah, with the prep we did, they all felt good uh, giving that that first PowerPoint improv um, experience with the unknown slide deck and an unknown topic, which was, was great. Well, man, that I, I'm, I, I, one, I wish I could have come. Uh, Me too. And, and, and two, I, I know you have recorded this. I can't wait to watch it. And, and actually um, you did originally sent me a link to a video that was, was doing this and, if you could send that back to me, I'll make sure we put it into the show notes so so those can get an idea of really visually on what we're talking about here. Yeah, no, I can definitely send you a link so you can get a get a feel for what um, PowerPoint improv is because it's um, it's super super fun. So in, in this in this pre call, I was thinking that okay, with improv, we're not trying to be funny like like mm -hmm. in stand up, but a lot of people have improv. Because of this, the the uh, comedy club, the improv, they think it's the same thing. So, 
that was part of the, you're not up there to crack jokes. You're not up yes. there to, but you're just up there to react. But even by, by just reacting and going, I assume that there's a lot of laughs. Yes, absolutely. And we talked about exactly that in the the learning before um, before people got on stage. Um, some of it was in a call and some of it was in work we actually did in the room in advance of their presentations. And I talked about that because it certainly is, you know, we, if, if you're not sort of in the improv community, you connect improv with comedy right. and improv, generally speaking, is funny, not always, um, but, but explaining to people who are new to improv that, you know, that the funny side of it is from you being you and reality, you know, being real on stage uh, and contrasting that with stand up, which is where you're scripted and um, you've sort of planned for it to be funny. Uh, and it, it is hard because people say, well, I want to do this so that I get the big laughs and I have to steer them away from, don't try to get the laughs. They will come if you, you know, if you build it, they will come. Exactly. The, the, uh, I did something, uh, University of Tulsa last, I believe it was last year, I had a people, I had this woman on stage and we were doing this exercise and I just said the word, okay. Now that doesn't sound funny. But mm-hmm. in the context of how that came out at that point in time, everybody broke out in laughter. And that's the one thing I love about improv. Almost any word can be the funny as long as you're supporting and as long as you're you know, not trying to be funny. Yes, uh, right. It, it, go, it, goes a, it goes a long way in, in being relaxed. And you, you had the phone call. Mm-hmm. What did you do? You said you guys were in a room prior to this happening. So did you do any improv exercises or anything to kind of help uh, like zip, zip, zop or anything, these, those warm-up exercises to, to begin with? Yeah, we did. So um, we got everybody there who was planning on being on stage. And then we also had a, a couple of folks that were mingling around at the beginning of the event and just to have a few more few more bodies in our improv games. Yeah, we stood around and um, played some good warm-up games. We did not play Zip Zap Zap, but I should uh, think about that one. But I wanted to play some really, really softball games because um, because for I think for all of the speakers we had, um, it was their first time. And for most people who do this, it's their first time doing any improv. Um, and they're in front of people and professional in a professional environment. So we want them to feel really comfortable. So we did some easy warm-up games and we went back over principles of improv. Uh, and then there's definitely some, you know, some chill out time between that and when the event actually started so people could could relax a little before we before we put them right up there on stage. <laughs> so what was the what was the feedback that you got from from those who presented? And those, yeah. who, and those who were in the audience. So the audience, to me, the feedback is the fact that they were laughing through this presentation. Um, the people who, uh, who were responsible for organizing it heard that uh, it was one of the best events that they had had, um, which is always, to me, that's, that's hands down winner when it's the, the best event that they've had. Right. And the people who were on stage, you know, got off and they were... They had a great time doing it. Uh, you know, even though there were some nerves going into it, you could tell as they they walked off that they were they were pleased with what they had done. And you know, the follow up to that is looking at the confidence that it builds, and the next time that they're at a presentation, um, which in in the format um, that I did that I've been referring to was more of a kind of a keynote. So it was just a, about an hour long program, but in a longer form program, what we do like a like a half day learning is. We do a second round where the individual is actually speaking on a topic that they should know about, 
uh, like tax reform, but with a new slide deck that mm-hmm. that is not something they're used to. And then that what that does is it ties in the skills that they just learned about standing up on stage and improvising <laughs> with a topic that they do know. And it eliminates, and you alluded to this earlier in our call, the bullet points, right? Like right. that's just, they're on every, they're in every slide deck. And, you know, there are good reasons to have some bullet points, but more often than not, they're far too many and far too small a font than anyone needs. So <laughs> they get a chance to actually speak on a topic that they know without the slide deck that they're used to. And that's the real connection to how it can kind of help them in their work. So tax reform. Yeah. What kind of pictures would you have <laughs> slide? The images you would have in a slide deck for something like this. Do you mean uh, in a PowerPoint improv class or a yes. real professional? Okay, <laughs> whatever. In 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 PowerPoint improv, uh, they're going to just be the same sort of random images. And the reason for that is because the the learning around that is still about getting outside of your comfort zone and having to look at a picture of cows on a pasture and figure out how it connects to tax reform. But the reality is like, you know enough that you can make something up about that. This isn't the presentation you give at the CPA event, right? But this is how you practice. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to tell you what went through my mind when you said cows in a pasture <laughs> tax reform. <laughs> yes, I, I'm sure. See, you would be great at this, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I had, yeah, I, um, <laughs> yes, that would be, that I'm, I'm looking forward to, to doing yes. it. I'm, I'm looking forward to actually applying it in some of my improv talks and, and, and developing stuff around because I think it's absolutely a scream but the the part of it is with, with improv it, it, it's fun it's exciting it's a little you get outside your comfort zone you're in a safe environment but at the end of the day you learn something yes that's exactly it and and i think that it's such a unique experience for i mean you can get presentation skills classes and workshops and seminars up and down and right and left. And you get a presenter who's usually pretty good, we hope, um, to talk to you about it and give you some bullet points. Um, And maybe you even stand up and do a live practice of a presentation you're used to doing. Um, And there's some learning that can be had there, but this really takes it to a new level and gives people confidence, gives them storytelling, gives them slides without words, all things that make them really successful. I, I, I love it. I, I absolutely love that concept. Um, I'm, that's Next time we're at a conference together, we know this in advance. We should have done this in New Orleans. We, we should have someone put a slide deck for us and then just in, you know, in one of those conference rooms, but have maybe some of the organizers from the event there we show mm-hmm. that we show that to them and say this would be a great opening keynote for your event. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and we will do that. <laughs> yes, and see, yes, the, the two magic words in, in improv is yes and. Um, so, anything else in the improv world you're, you're doing other than your business and 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 two kids, husband. Yeah, two kids, husband, business, and uh, probably today or tomorrow I'm going to sign up for my next improv class at my local uh, theater group here. So I'm excited for that because it's been it's been a little while since I, I didn't take a class last winter. So I'm ready. Yeah, I I didn't take a class last year, and and I'm I'm that's why I'm I'm really anxious to get back. And uh, since I found something close, it's just a challenge of with 
a travel schedule that we have is making yes. making the meeting uh, every you know Monday night or whatever. But I don't know about up in Grand Rapids, but this down here, this guy's got this improv troupe has a curriculum that takes you through four or five levels of improv. It's not all the beginning. It goes mm-hmm. into character, scene development, and, and a lot of the other aspects uh, of improv that is just absolutely, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it because I, I, that's one thing I've missed. I've always wanted to take the more advanced courses. Uh, it's just tough to make. Yeah, right. No, with the, the travel makes it tough, but it's a good, uh, for me right now, because this this time of year until about May, I've got a, pretty good schedule because most of my most of my accounting clients are busy doing other things <laughs> that may or may not relate to tax reform. Yeah, probably not, but they're probably uh, you know in some deep Excel spreadsheet somewhere during this time of year versus yeah, and they're starting to think they're almost 30 days, 32 days from yeah. the season ending. That's right. Well, Kristen, thank you so very much. I uh, always enjoy our conversations. I look forward to when our paths cross, and I really look forward to seeing the video and our paths crossing and us doing imp- PowerPoint improv. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was great to be on your podcast again, uh, and I look forward to the next time we're together. Cool. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks, Peter. I'd like to thank Kristen again for explaining the concepts of PowerPoint improv and telling us how to become better presenters, how to become more engaging, how to take risks. Thank you so very much, Kristen. In episode 96, I interviewed Bob Pekinowski, who is the founder of the Black Tie Experience. Thank you for listening and always remember to use the principles of improvisation to help you better connect communicate, and market to your clients and prospects. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.